Well, last week we were talking about the parables in Matthew chapter 10. Um, and we talked specifically about the parable of the wheat and the tares, the parable of the mustard seed, and the parable of the leaven. And today I want to take us to John chapter 11. And I want to talk to you about resurrection. It's in a roundabout way a similar theme to what we were talking about last week, though it may not seem like that. But you'll notice all throughout the scripture, and this is why God created the world the way he did, you do realize that God created the world the way he created it because everything in his creation communicates the good news of the gospel to us. So we don't have to wonder why seeds, you know, why do things need seeds to grow? Or why do things, you know, like Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't, it can't produce life, it can't live. And so we see this theme of death and resurrection, death and resurrection. That's why when bad things happen, when hard things happen, even when death happens, we as believers should never lose hope because we serve the God who has demonstrated his power and his victory over death. We see the theme of death and resurrection constantly through the scripture. And even when we die, the promise is we shall live. And so here in John 11 is the story of Lazarus. I'm not going to read and go through the whole story. I'm going to focus on two verses of chapter 11, verses 43 and 44. My sermon is titled today, Raised to Walk Free. Raised to Walk Free. Jesus raised Lazarus so that Lazarus could walk free. And we're going to see this demonstrated in a very practical way in this story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. True faith walks, it works. And it produces the fruit of God's true life that is abiding in us. I'm going to say that again. True faith works, true faith walks and works and produces the fruit of God's true life abiding in us. In other words, if God's true life is abiding in us through faith, then our faith must walk, our faith must work, And our faith must produce the fruit of God's life. John chapter 11, verses 43 through 44. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would today, by your Holy Spirit, illuminate this word. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, as the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians, Lord, open the eyes of our understanding that we might see the hope and the power that abides in us through Jesus Christ. We ask that you would do this, that we would be a people changed and transformed, 
a people that are constantly being changed and being transformed for your glory and for your name. Father, that we, we would be a witness of that glorious name and that glorious good news of the gospel found only in Jesus Christ. We ask this, Lord, in that name above all names, in the name of Jesus, amen. So here in this story presented to us in John chapter 11, and you can go home and read the story for yourself in John chapter 11. But in these two verses here, we see the moment that Jesus comes to the tomb where Lazarus has been, been lying behind that stone. He's been in there for over four days. It's now the fourth day. So he has been there and he is... He is ripe. And, and so much so that when Jesus says, remove the stone, Martha is panicked and she says, Jesus. Really, what Martha was saying, Jesus, please do not do this. Do not commit against us this indignity of removing the stone and this crowd of people smell the stench of my dead brother. Please, Jesus, don't do that. Forgetting what Jesus had just told her, that his brother would rise, that he is the resurrection and the life. But Martha wasn't thinking he is the resurrection and the life that's going to raise my brother right now. She believed, yes, I know, there is a resurrection coming one day, and I believe my brother will live in that resurrection, but right now he's dead. If you would have only been here, Jesus. And Jesus commands the stone to be removed, and he calls forth Lazarus. Lazarus! Come forth. And it's not only Lazarus, but it is all of us. We are all dead in sin until Christ raises us up to life. We are born into sin. We are born into death. And only Christ in his power can raise us up. Just as we were born into sin and born into death, we have to be born again into life. And we can only be born again into life through Jesus. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he gave us a picture of what happens when we are saved, when we are made a new creation that is raised up in his resurrection life. In the raising of Lazarus, we see the power of regeneration. We see the responsibility of the man who is raised. And we also see the responsibility of those who are around that man. In the raising of Lazarus, we see a picture of the power of God's regeneration. In the raising of Lazarus, we see the power of regeneration that can only come from God. Lazarus could not come forth out of death apart from the power of God raising him to life. You do understand that. Lazarus wasn't almost dead. He wasn't lying in that tomb hoping, just hoping, just hoping that someone would come, that Jesus would come and raise him up. Lazarus was dead. There was nothing about him that was looking for life. There was nothing about him that was waiting for Jesus. He was dead. 
four days dead and the expectation was you remove that stone and he's going to stink because he's been decaying in that tomb for four days. He wasn't in that tomb hoping to be rescued. He was dead. And don't think that does not clearly communicate the condition of our own hearts apart from Jesus. A dead man has no power to do anything. All he can do is remain in death. In death, a man has no power. He has no ability to do anything. He is literally powerless. God is the only hope for life a dead man has. Apart from the power of God, we remain in death until we are called out of death by the power of God, we remain powerless in that state of death. You got the picture? Death equals powerlessness. Death equals no ability for us to do anything. No seeking, no looking, no hoping, we're dead. Until we are raised from death to new life in Jesus by the power of God, we are dead in darkness. Jesus Christ is our only hope in life and in death, as the catechism teaches us. When Lazarus is raised from death to life, he is called to come forth out of that tomb. So it was the power of God that raised up Lazarus from death to life. And when Lazarus has been raised to life inside that tomb, Jesus calls him forth. Jesus calls him to come out. In Lazarus coming forth out of the tomb, we see the responsibility of the regenerate man to walk out of his burial place. It was the power of God that raised Lazarus to life, but it is Lazarus who is walking out of that tomb in the power of that life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lazarus could not raise himself from the dead. God raised him from the dead. And until God raises him from the dead, he remains dead. But once God raised him and Jesus called him forth, it was the responsibility of Lazarus to walk out of that tomb. You notice that Jesus didn't say, remove the stone and a group of you guys go in there and carry him out. It was remove the stone, Jesus called him forth, and Lazarus came out of the tomb in the power of the life that Jesus had just given to him. In death, Lazarus had no power, no ability to walk out of his tomb. But when Jesus called him to come forth, God had given Lazarus new life. And in that new life, Lazarus now had the power and the ability to walk out of his tomb. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus had to walk out of his tomb. Do you see that the dead man is completely dependent upon God's power to raise him up from death, but the dead man is fully responsible to walk out of death, to walk out of that tomb, to walk out of that place of death. 
People don't live in tombs. Dead people lie in tombs. Nothing lives in a tomb. Well, the bacteria that causes your body to decay lives there, right? But you know what I'm saying. People don't live in tombs under normal circumstances. When we think about the story of Jesus going across the sea and he encounters the the demoniac and the Gadarenes, and what does it say? He lived among the tombs. In other words, this demoniac, this demon-possessed man lived among the dead which was a picture in and of itself of his state of deadness. He was alive, demon-possessed, but spiritually he was dead. And his living condition graphically communicated his spiritual condition. He lived among the tombs. Normal people don't do that. He lived among the tombs because there was nowhere else for him to live. Because he was so bound by death. He was so bound by the demonic forces that used his body as a dwelling place. But once Jesus set him free, once those, that legion of demons was cast out of him, that man went back to the land of the living. And this is what's happening with Lazarus. Jesus raises him up from in the power of God, and Jesus calls Lazarus to come forth, and he says, come out of the land of the dead and come into the land of the living. And when God raises us up, God expects us in the power of the life that he gifts to us to walk out of the land of the dead and to begin to walk in the land of the living. The living man must walk out of his tomb, and in Christ we are responsible to walk. We are responsible to walk free from death and to walk free from those things associated with death. So God in his power raises up Lazarus. Lazarus has no power, no ability to do anything but to lie dead in that tomb until Jesus comes and through the power of God raise him from death to life. Now Lazarus is alive and Jesus calls him forth and says, Lazarus, come forth. And from the midst of that tomb, from that place of death, Jesus commands Lazarus to walk in the power of that life given to him. Jesus commands Lazarus to walk out of the tomb and to walk into life, into the land of the living. Now you notice when Lazarus comes out of the tomb, how is he dressed? He's got grave clothes on. He's got a veil, a covering over his face. In other words, Lazarus is not running and leaping and praising God out of the tomb because Lazarus is bound by grave clothes. Now, I don't know how Lazarus did it, but it wasn't like Lazarus just strolled out of the tomb. It was more like he probably struggled out of the tomb, but he did it. You understand what I'm saying? Lazarus had to come forth. Jesus didn't send anyone to assist him. Lazarus was commanded by Jesus to come out of that tomb. 
to come forth. Now, once he came forth, then Jesus says to those who are around him, loose him and let him go. Think about this. Listen. Think about what Jesus is is saying here. When Jesus calls Lazarus from that tomb, and it says, He had died, and he came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. He was bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. He couldn't walk very well. He couldn't see. Though he now had eyes to see, he wasn't blind in death anymore. He had a cloth over his face. So he couldn't walk very well. He couldn't see very well. He couldn't move very well. He couldn't discern things through sight very well. Kind of sounds almost like a baby, right? Babies can see, but they can't see very well. Babies have the ability to walk, but they can't walk yet. But they will. And so when Jesus calls Lazarus out and Lazarus under the power of the life given to him comes out of that tomb and he's wrapped up in those cloths, Jesus commands those around him with these words, loose him and let him go. So we see the power of God raising us from death to life. We see the responsibility given to us by Jesus, the one who raises us to walk out of our places of death. And now we see the responsibility of those around us. Or we could say it like this. We see the responsibility of the body of Christ around Lazarus to loose him and to let him go. And Those around Lazarus had to loose him. They had to let him go in order for Lazarus to truly walk free. This is a picture of discipleship and the importance of relationship within the body of Christ. We are not in our first birth, nor are we in our second birth or our new birth, born to live apart from one another in relationship. No baby born from its mother is born with the expectation that that baby is just left to itself. That baby left to itself will not live. It will die. That baby is born absolutely, utterly dependent upon its mother or upon someone to come alongside and to nurture it, to feed it, to take care of it. That baby is born dependent upon those around him. And whether you believe it or not, as self-sufficient as you think you are, we are all dependent upon one another. Unless you're living somewhere out in the middle of the wilderness and you've got your own power source and you've got, and you might say, I am completely independent of everybody, I would submit to you that's not even true. Because this world was created for man and man has a huge part to play in everything that's happening in this world. We are not born 
to be by ourselves. We're born to be in relationship. By God's design, we are dependent upon one another. We must have relationship in Christ and we must have relationship in the body of Christ in order to live and to function properly in life. This is why God commands us in Hebrews 10.25 to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need Christ and we need one another. No one around that tomb that day could have called Lazarus forth except Jesus. Only the power of God could have called him forth. And the power of God did call him forth. And Lazarus, under the command of Jesus, had to come out of that tomb himself. He had to walk out of that tomb. But once he was out of that tomb, Jesus commands those around him, loose him and let him go. Lazarus comes out of that tomb and it's a picture of the responsibility we have in discipleship. So discipleship is the responsibility of the believers to walk free from sin and death in order to be helping one another walk free from sin and death. You see, if everybody there were bound up in grave clothes with their faces covered, none of them would have been able to set anybody free. And you say, well, Jesus was there. He could have done it. Yeah, but that's not what Jesus has chosen to do. Jesus chose to call Lazarus forth. He chose for Lazarus to walk out of his own power. And then he chose for those around Lazarus to loose him and to let him go. Jesus did what no man could do. He called the dead to life. But after that, we all have a responsibility to walk, not by ourselves, but to walk with one another. Lazarus came out of his tomb, but he was still hindered. He wasn't hindered by death. Listen, he was hindered by those things associated with death. The grave clothes that Lazarus had on his body did not make him dead. They were put on his body because he was dead. Because he once was dead. And when he was made alive, he had to be loosed from those things that identified him with death. It was not appropriate for the living man to walk around in grave clothes because grave clothes are for dead men. Once Lazarus came to life, he needed to be loosed from his grave clothes and walk as a living man. But do you see, Lazarus could not be loosed from his grave clothes until God in his infinite grace raised him back to life. And Lazarus, even though he walked out of the tomb, could not be loosed from his grave clothes until those around him loosed him and let him go. And Jesus did that on purpose to show us how interconnected and how interdependent we are on him and on one another. When Lazarus was made alive, he had to be loosed from those things that identified him with death. In the life of the believer, 
those grave clothes represent, it represents our sin, it represents death itself. And the deeds of the flesh that are associated with death. That face cloth represents our blindness and the veil that covers our hearts and blinds us so that we cannot see the glory of God. This is what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that the same God who shone a light in creation has shown a light in your heart that you might see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's after the discourse coming out of verse of chapter 3 in 2 Corinthians when he talks about how Moses went to the mountain. And when Moses came down from the mountain being 40 days in the presence of God, Moses literally was glowing. And Moses put a veil over his face. And the Bible says he put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not see that which was passing away. That glory was a glory which was passing away. The glory that we now have in Christ is a glory that will never pass away. This is the hope of resurrection. This is exactly what Jesus told Martha. Though your brother is dead, he will rise again. Oh, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection, Jesus. No, listen, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Though he die... He will live again. And anyone who believes in me, anyone who trusts in me, though they die, they shall live again. And only God can give us that life. But once God gives us that life, he gives us that life so that we can walk free from death and walk in life in the land of the living and walk as living beings given that eternal life that comes only through Jesus. When we're raised to life in Christ by the power of God, even though we can walk now, we must be loosed from those things that hinder us, those things that are associated with our old death. We are raised to life, but we are bound by grave clothes. We can now see, but our eyes are covered. We must be loosed. We must be let go. Lazarus could not do this on his own, and neither can we. As much as you think you can, you cannot. As much as you think you are self-sufficient and you don't need God or you don't need anybody, you say, well, I've got God, I just don't need anybody else. You know, I'm, I'm good with God, it's people that I have a problem with. Well, you've got a problem indeed because God has put you in a world full of people, and God says you can't exist without other people in this world. Your very life is dependent upon the lives around you. And we can live in denial of that truth to our own harm, or we can embrace that truth, and we can embrace the life that God created us to live, and that's a life that's been raised from death. He gives us life. He commands us to walk out, but we don't walk out and live alone. We walk out and we live in community. We live in relationship. We live linked to the living body of Christ. We need one another to help us become loosed and to be let go, to walk in the new life and the freedom that has been given to us in Jesus Christ. 
we are like Lazarus. And this is why this is recorded for us, so that we can see how much we are like Lazarus. We are waiting in death until Christ raises us and calls us to come forth. And when he raises us and when he calls us, we must walk out of our tombs in his new life. I personally believe that Lazarus was not able to resist that walk out of the tomb. But at the very same time Lazarus was not able to resist that walk out of the tomb, Lazarus absolutely had to walk out of the tomb. He didn't do it in his own power. He did it in the power that was given to him divinely and supernaturally by God. But once that power, once that life was given to him, Jesus says, now come out. And Lazarus had to walk out in his own power, the power of that life that was given to him. And once he was out of that tomb, it probably did not take Lazarus long to realize, I need help. And Jesus says to those around him, loose him and let him go. We are waiting in death until Christ calls us to come forth. We must walk out of our tombs in his new life. And we must have others to loose us and to let us go so that we may walk in the new life and the freedom that is given to us in Jesus Christ. And like Lazarus, a dead man cannot raise himself from death. Only God can do that. And once raised and still bound, the living man must walk out of his tomb under the power of the life that's given to him. But a bound man cannot loose himself. He needs others to help him become loosed and let go. All men need others in order to walk truly free. Otherwise, until he is loosed and let go, he may be alive, but he cannot yet live and move freely in the new life that's been given to him. Until you embrace this reality that you need the body of Christ. You don't just need God. You don't just need Jesus Christ. You need the body of Christ. And until you realize that, you'll be like a man that's been raised to death, but you're bound by grave clothes. And you've got a covering over your face, and you can't move in your freedom, and you can't move in your life. You can't really live. And though you have eyes to see, you can't really see because you're still bound and blinded by all of those things associated with death. And you don't have the power to loose yourself. You need others to come into your life and alongside of you to help you be loosed and let go, to live truly free in Jesus Christ. This picture in the life of Lazarus reveals our need for the power of God to raise us to new life. It reveals our need to walk out in that new life that we cannot remain in places of death. And it reveals our need for relationships to loose us and to let us go, to help us and to teach us and to encourage us to walk free from death and all the things that are associated with it. It reveals that we all have a responsibility to God. We have a responsibility 
in ourselves to obey God, to walk the faith that God's given us, and we have a responsibility to those around us to help one another become loosed from those things associated with death so that we can walk in the life that Christ has given to us by grace. God, in his infinite wisdom, created us with a need for him. He created us with a need for one another. Life is found only in Jesus Christ, and that life is gifted to us so that we will walk in it and so that we will walk in it with one another, each joint supplying to what the other needs until the whole body is built up in love. True faith walks and works and produces the fruit of true life. That is the true life given to us in Jesus Christ. If you have faith, your faith has to walk. You've been called out of the tomb. And when you come out of the tomb, you need to know that you need everyone around you to help you become loosed and let go so that you can walk in and live in that true freedom and that true life that God gave to you when he raised you from the dead. That is, that's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to be a child of God. That's what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. And if you are truly a regenerate child of God, if you have truly been called from death to life, you will walk and you will live in that fellowship that will help you and enable you to experience true life and true freedom. Amen. Well, let's prepare to come to the table. This very table reminds us that it is Jesus who gave his life so that we could have life. He gave his life so that he could give us his life. He died and went to the cross and took upon himself our judgment and our wrath so that we could come to the cross and be given his life. So Christian, as you trust Jesus, come to this table and proclaim his body and proclaim his blood. So what I really wanted you to see today as I get ready to give you your charge Let's all stand. What I really wanted you to see today was that we cannot be saved apart from the power of God. The only way we are saved is through the supernatural, divine power and the grace of God that raises us from death to life. But I also want you to see that once we've been raised to life in Christ, Jesus commands us to walk. 
And it's not God walking for us. It's God giving us the power and the ability, but we must walk. And specifically for Lazarus, he was commanded to walk out of the tomb, to come out of the tomb, to come out of his place of death. And I want you to think, you know, you can picture in your mind a tomb, a literal tomb. Well, we don't live in a tomb. We don't walk around tombs. We live our lives. We live in our homes. We go to our places of work. We go do our shopping. We go do our play. We, we have our downtime, our quiet time, our play time, our prayer time. I mean, we live in this world. But we're called out of the places of death, the things associated with death. Just like Lazarus had to be loose from his grave clothes. He had to be loose from those things associated with death. And there are all sorts of things. There are places of death that exist in our hearts and in our minds. There are places of death that we can travel to and walk into physically, geographically. There are places of death that we can walk into and enter into mentally and emotionally through our imaginations. There are fears that hold us captive in places of death. There are all kinds of things. And God has called us to come out of those, to be loosed from those, that we not live in association with death any longer, but we live in life and we walk in life. And we walk free in that life that has been given to us in Christ. Even in the Old Covenant, even in the Old Testament, when you read God's prohibitions about touching and associating with dead things, it wasn't that, that was not primarily about good hygiene because man didn't know what germs were. That was a spiritual picture. That was a picture of truth that we must be free from the things that are associated with death because God is not a God of death. He is a God of life and he has called us to life in Jesus Christ and we must walk in that life. So church, your charge from the Lord Jesus is to come forth from death and to walk in life and to realize that you can't do it by yourself and none of us can do it by ourselves. We all need one another to be loosed and let go to walk freely in the life that Jesus has given to us. So let us, as the body of Christ, as the people of God, be faithful and committed to obey Jesus in that, to walk and to be there, to loose others and to let them go, that they may walk in the life that Jesus has given them. Amen.